Thank you for listening to Temporary Circumstances. I'm your host, Alina Sowers, a licensed professional counselor in Ohio. And I'm your co-host, Cora Mayfield, a licensed professional clinical counselor in Ohio. In this podcast, we will discuss many uncommon topics on all matters mental health. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to assess, diagnose, or treat a mental illness. For those services, please contact your local mental health provider. So today we're going to focus on generalized anxiety disorder. There are a number of different diagnoses or disorders in this class in the DSM or our Diagnostic and Statistical Manual. So there are other anxiety disorders in this class, but for the purposes of today, we're just going to focus on generalized anxiety disorder or GAD. One way I look at anxiety is that it can have a protective or a survival purpose. So it can keep us safe if we sense danger. And that's normal. And it's normal to feel a little bit nervous or anxious at times. But what we don't want is for this anxiety or nervousness to be out of the ordinary for the situation or to be amplified or happening all the time. So everyone experiences stress and anxiety at one time or another. The difference between them is that stress is a response to a threat in a situation. Anxiety is a reaction to the stress. One thing that I've heard about anxiety and generalized anxiety in particular before is that anxiety is supposed to be that warning system that there's a threat of some sort coming. And if all of the time your warning system is going off and saying that there's some sort of threat when there is actually something to be worried or nervous about, there is actually a threat. Sometimes it's hard to tell a difference between an actual threat and just generalized anxiety disorder all the time. So anxiety disorders in general, there are various things that can lead to someone developing an anxiety disorder. There's risk factors, including genetics, brain chemistry, and life events. Generalized anxiety disorder has been characterized as excessive worry, which means out of the ordinary for the situation, about a number of activities or events, and it's difficult to control the worry. That particular part of generalized anxiety disorder is kind of difficult sometimes to quantify because as a therapist, you have to determine, is the anxiety something that is normal? And if it is normal for this situation, is this anxiety taken way to the extreme? One thing about generalized anxiety disorder too, that I often look for is the part where we talk about whether it's about a number of different activities or events uh, because if it's just one, if it is just about one specific thing, then it could be a different anxiety disorder. Generalized anxiety typically involves being anxious about a number of different things. Now, some other symptoms could be present, such as irritability, sleep disturbance, or feeling on edge. And it's not typically a result of medication or some sort of substance use or another medical condition. There are actually anxiety disorders that can be a result of another medical condition or substance use. So that's different than generalized anxiety. And as with any other mental disorder, 
this needs to interfere with the person's life in a negative way in order for us to diagnose it. So the anxiety does need to negatively impact the person's everyday life. Generalized anxiety disorder sometimes does include panic attacks and sometimes it doesn't. It's more of a constant state of worry about lots of different things in the daily life. Panic attacks, just for a moment, um, feel a little bit differently. They a lot of times have many physical symptoms to them. People might notice an increased heart rate or sweating, sweaty palms, for example, things like that. And a lot of times people feel really out of control or like they're going to lose control. And they last, they last typically a shorter amount of time than, than just generalized anxiety would. Panic attacks in some people can seem like they can't breathe or seem like they're having a medical issue that requires going to the hospital or going to the doctor. And a panic attack, while it feels that way, it's typically not life-threatening, but I would never tell anybody who feels like they're having a life-threatening event not to go to the doctor because they think it's a panic attack. I'd always rather assume the worst and hope for the best. Some things we know from the DSM are that females are twice as likely as males to experience generalized anxiety disorder. And many people with generalized anxiety disorder report that they've felt anxious for most of their lives. So children do experience anxiety as well as adults. Some differences that we notice are that children tend to worry more about their performance at school or at sports, whereas adults tend to worry more about things like their well-being and physical health. As we mentioned earlier, there are many other anxiety disorders in the DSM separate from generalized anxiety disorder. Some of those are separation anxiety disorder, selective mutism, specific phobia, social anxiety disorder, panic disorder, agoraphobia, and an anxiety disorder due to another medical condition or substance medical medication-induced anxiety disorder. One of the things I think of when I'm determining if generalized anxiety disorder is an appropriate diagnosis is generalized anxiety disorder is typically an anxiety of what could happen where something like PTSD or a specific phobia or social anxiety disorder, a lot of times are an anxiety of what has happened or they've seen happen in the past and fear that it'll happen again. Some statistics from the Anxiety and Depression Association of America. Uh, anxiety disorders are the most common mental illness in the U.S. It affects around 40 million adults over 18 years old or 18.1% of the population every year. Anxiety disorders are highly treatable, but only about 36.9% of those suffering receive treatment. It's not uncommon for someone with an anxiety disorder to also suffer from depression or vice versa. Nearly half of those diagnosed with depression are also diagnosed with an anxiety disorder. And anxiety disorders affect 25% of children between the ages of 13 and 18. Research shows that untreated children with anxiety disorder are a higher risk to perform poorly in school miss out on important social experiences, and engage in substance abuse. 
All right. And as far as treatment, we have medication and therapy as we do for most disorders. There are some anti-anxiety medications and some antidepressants can be helpful for anxiety as well. As far as therapy goes, CBT is the most widely recognized therapy for anxiety disorders. REBT, DBT, mindfulness, and other coping skills have also have also have evidence showing that they're effective. And EMDR, if the anxiety is related to a specific situation, has been helpful. And there are groups or individual therapy that you can find for anxiety. If you suffer from anxiety, we would recommend that you reach out to a professional, a psychologist or a therapist who can help you, someone who can implement um, some of these techniques such as mindfulness and coping skills and CBT to help you work through that. And we do know that treatment is possible. It is possible to feel better. And if you can't find resources in your area, one of the best first resources for you with anxiety is to contact your primary care physician and help, and they can help you find the right direction. Okay, I think this covers about everything we wanted to talk about today. Shorter episode on anxiety, just a brief overview. But like we said, there are other anxiety disorders outside of generalized anxiety disorder out there. And again, reach out if you could use some help. Thanks for listening to Temporary Circumstances. Find us on Instagram and leave us a review wherever you found us. 